Chicago Botanic Garden podcast series, brought to you in part by a generous grant from the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity. Chinese Gardens, History and Design. Calm, serenity, escape. They are inherent rewards that immediately blossom from uniquely beautiful and always intimate Chinese gardens. The gardens are not creations that evolve simply from the peace and joy of working the earth, tilling, planting, and joining with nature. Chinese gardens follow the principle of Taoism, balance, harmony, proportion, and variety. Taoism's recipe for the artistic recreation of nature. There are three categories of Chinese gardens. The imperial garden, the private garden, and the natural scenic site. All are contemplative and sensual gardens designed with specific plants and architectural elements decidedly imbued with meaning. The imperial garden is considered the earliest creation, dating from the Shang dynasty of 1600 to 1027 BC. Imperial gardens usually graced emperors' imperial hunting grounds or adorned the landscape of their summer palaces. The private garden is also called the literati, or scholar's garden. Their designs were first seen in northern and southern dynasties from 420 to 589 AD. The natural scenic sites were designed with natural backdrops. Landscapes where mountains, rivers, lakes, or valleys dominated the perimeters of imperial households and estates of nobility. Contrary to the perception that Chinese gardens are mostly evergreens, is the inclusion of a wide variety of flowers, plants, and trees. Climbing roses, camellias, ginkgos, magnolias, jasmine, willow trees, sweet osmanthus, and maples combine to bring special beauty and substance. Significant design discipline gives Chinese gardens the appearance of a landscape painting, at times described as poetic gardens. They are not, however, literal imitations of surrounding landscapes, but rather design should capture the essence and spirit of the natural panorama. The gardens have been variously described as enabling the gardener or visitors to connect with nature to come back to one's inner heart and to an ancient idealism. Of the three garden types, the private garden may be the most interesting and intimate. The private garden was usually the creation of a gentleman scholar who retired from his position serving the emperor. The garden was an escape from demanding social or public lives. It was a spiritual shelter. The private, or scholar's garden, was certainly desired during the Tang Dynasty, a period covering the years 618 to 907. In 634, a painter-gardener named Ji Cheng wrote the first garden design book. The author's key principles for the private garden are a design blueprint. He wrote, The garden must look natural, even though it is man-made. There is to be a harmonious combination of opposites, such as small and large, revealing and concealing, real and unreal, vertical and horizontal. The private gardens tended to be small, enclosed creations, 
connected to the scholar's residence. Putting the garden and the house together made everything about the home whole. Architectural and certainly artistic elements were common in the private scholar's gardens. Often, there was a pavilion along a pond or lake, usually built on stilts that partially hung over the water. There would be walls with decorative windows that varied in shape and size. Walkways would have covered sections, corridors, to allow enjoyment of the garden in all weather. The walkways and corridors should connect buildings erected along the water. The covered corridors offer another lovely feature. Windows, or more accurately, scenic openings that would frame a scene, a picture if you will, directing one's eye to a particular direction or view. The windows would be round, square, oval, or be cut in the shape of a lotus petal. The Chinese referred to this design concept as borrowed scenery, or Jai Jing. Paved footpaths were common, often patterned with colored pebbles or motifs of squares within circles, illustrating the ancient belief that heaven is round and the earth is square. Plants in the private garden were very symbolic, filled with meaning. There was lots of bamboo representing man's strong and resilient character. Pines represented longevity, persistence, tenacity, and dignity. The lotus was symbolic of purity. Chrysanthemums meant splendor, luster, and the courage to make sacrifices for a natural life. Peonies denoted wealth. A flowering plume often was the centerpiece in the spring, representing renewal and strength of will. The flowering peach and sweet olive were included to add spring color at the end of a cold, harsh winter. Red doors on their homes bring good luck and protection for the Chinese. Symbols of good luck abound in the private garden, placed to bring good fortune and longevity to its owner. Bats and cranes were common omens of good luck. Fishing nets signified affluence. Chimes and incense burners excited the senses. Adding to the beauty and the spirit of the garden were the use of inscription or calligraphy carved into walls, on windows and lattices, and into rocks. The writing connects to the memory of ancient legends and beliefs. Japanese-style gardens are easily recognized in the United States, but they are actually designed from the Chinese versions. You needn't travel to China to enjoy the gardens. There are a number of brilliant examples of the Chinese gardens in the United States. The Staten Island Scholars Garden in New York City is one of the finest. In Canada, the Chinese garden remains one of the primary attractions at the Montreal Botanic Garden. <laughs>